Hello and welcome to the Counterpress Podcast. I'm your host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight after a 5-1 win in the U.S. Open Cup is Josh Cacho. Josh, how you doing? I mean, that was a clinic, if anything, right? Yeah. Um, in, in many respects, some not so in, not so great, but, you know, for the most part, I mean, the team looked good. They did what they were supposed to do, um, come in and beat, beat a team in a lower division. And so, again, like, and... Easier said than done, right? Given what we saw from the other from the other teams that you yeah. know that that played, you know. So I think it's what there's four MLS teams that got knocked out. Columbus is out. RSL is out. Chicago's out. Chicago is out. And then there's one more that I have to think about. Um, yeah, but I mean, you know, you think about all of the teams now that are Austin is out. That's the one I was thinking of. Oh, did Austin get beat too? Yeah. San uh, San Antonio beat them. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, again, I think you can, you can easily take this game lightly or not rate this game at all because you're trying to not get, oh wait, there's no such thing as relegation in our league. So, um, (laughs) you know, it's not, it's not, for example, you know, if you're talking about the FA cup or the EFL cup, you know, um, for the Premier League teams, right? It, it's not. There's more risk than reward a lot of times, right? Because even the money for that for the cup is not, you know, is not great. Right? I think it's a couple hundred thousand. Like it's yeah, yeah it's nothing. It's, it's definitely more for tradition than anything else. Right? right. Is where you why it's you for see a CCL it. spot. <laughs> like, well, yeah. I mean, for the Open Cup, I'm talking. I'm, I'm, I'm even talking about. So let's take something that's supposedly more prestigious, and like the FA Cup. Oh, sorry. Right? And, okay, okay. Right. Sorry. And yeah. And even then, Premier League teams have to think about it. You know, they have to think twice about it because again, there, there is that threat of relegation. Right. At yeah. least there's something yeah. to be earned with the Open Cup. You know, with um, the U.S. Open Cup, because again, there is a CCL spot on the line. That's mm-hmm. one of the four bids. Right. It's um, Western Conference leader. So it's Supporter Shield, MLS Cup, and then Open Cup. And then whichever conference doesn't win the Supporter Shield is the one that tops it. Got it. So, so yeah, essentially essentially the- both conference leaders make it, right? Uh, because one of those is going to get the Shield. But Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it there there is quite a bit on the line, or at least in the sense that you want to give yourself every opportunity to – to win trophies, right? That's what we're that's what we're here for. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is why you know you resign Carlos. You know, another news for you. We why yeah, we resign hey, Carlos Vela. Um, you know, uh, to to another what they said at least through twenty twenty three. Eighteen months, so it'll be till the end of twenty twenty three. Yeah. Has it been? Have the terms of the contract been released already? No, I think the only thing we got from those reports, I, and I think uh, it wasn't Tom Bogert that that. Uh, that broke the story, but he came in and confirmed. And I think it was him that said it was 18 months. So, okay. Cause I, I thought DP I know, contract for that time. Yeah. At least through 2023. And that was yeah. about as much as we got there. So, um, I, I was going to listen to his podcast earlier. So again, we'll kind of see if they, if they're able to work something out in terms of, um, you know, how, how the deal is structured. You know, I'm, I think both you and I were hoping, you know, like, yeah, he does, his his body of work would probably warrant paying him, right? Yeah. You just don't. Yeah. The question is whether or not you want to sign him until he's thirty five, and if he's going to be D, a DP caliber level at that time, or if you can convince him, you know, to, again, if if he were to go down the route of um of Diego Valeri, right? He's yeah. forever legendary at the club, right? Mm-hmm. He will be that, that. That is statue material if he is to go down that route, right? The yeah, first I mean, DP. the crazy thing is, is like next year will be his sixth year playing yeah. with LAFC, right? Which again, it's a it's a young team, so it seems it seems weird, but like that's already six years with the team. I would imagine it's his longest stint anywhere. Mm, How long he was, was he associate at, dad associate for a while? Yeah, okay. I believe that one was pretty long. But like, he left like you said, Arsenal fairly quickly. Okay, if you if you go with the Diego Valeri model, where you know he's a DP and then you get him for a year, I think I think they only had him for a year as a as a TAM player. Do I there? I can't remember. Who cares about? Yeah, Portland, it was that honestly. very last that very last year. 
Okay. So, I mean, you sign him to one more year and then he goes back. I mean, wherever he, wherever he wants, I mean, Valeri's down in Argentina now, but, mm-hmm. um, so it's just kind of a wait and see approach. I think it's a smart way to do business with, uh, with an aging star where it's just kind of like you're, he's essentially on prove it deals. And, uh, I, I, don't have any reason to suspect that he's not going to be able to prove it because yeah. he still looks like he's got it. Health health is obviously the biggest concern, but I but I think the way that they've built this team and the way that Thornton if if they continue down this route, the lifting is not nearly as heavy as it was no, under Bob. No. Right? Mm-hmm. And and part of that is it being an expansion team, right? Is is a lot of it. But the other part of it too is just a different approach to to roster build, right? Because in this sense, yeah. I think you look at it, and uh, you know, and you know, we've talked about it. The floor is super high, right? And again, yeah. I think, and I think what ends up happening with this team is, especially early on in the season, now that you have Vela, just generally facilitating for the most part. Yeah, he's got four goals, right? But his goal, you know, what you've seen a lot of is him dropping in deep. You know, and hitting some of these long diagonals to really spring the attack, or just to drag defenders around to open them, open stuff up for everyone else. Yeah. But what that's going to do for him, you know, five six games on the road is now he's going to get a ton of one on ones. Yeah. Right? Because you can't, you can no longer leave those other guys right the way that you could last year, like or the year before, right? In those in the past couple of years where you saw teams really choke down and put a. Um, you know, bring an extra midfielder down with to help the fullback, or slide a, a center back across, and you know, almost into a back six. You just can't, you can't afford to do that with the type of firepower that they have all over the pitch now. Yeah, I mean, you saw you saw a bunch of that tonight. We've talked about it a couple of times on the show already. Um, but Vela coming back into the midfield, right, and having his way. I mean, obviously, like you take everything with a grain of salt tonight because. They can essentially do what they want uh, at will against OCSC, right? But Vela back into the midfield and creating, and like on the Cal Jennings goal, he and Acosta are just toying with people and like so good in little combinations. Um, I think it's I think it's Vela that plays a ball to Acosta, then drops back between lines. Acosta flicks it off the side of his foot plays it back to Vela, runs around a defender, gets the ball back, and plays in who I don't know who sent that cross in for Jennings. Um yeah, I don't remember. It may have been Hollingshead. I don't I don't know if Hollingshead was on the field yet or not, but it may have been him. Um but he's he's proven to be a difference maker dropping into the midfield as well. Uh so like you said, it's gonna it's gonna cause teams to start to defend differently against the team and eventually things are going to open up for him more on the wing and he's going to go back to like you said getting 1v1s and hitting left-footed curlers <laughs> whenever yeah. he wants now so. i have a question we we've seen we've seen carlos vela in i mean bob tried to put carlos vela in that false nine position right at times last year and mm-hmm. it didn't look like it did this year is do you see any reason tactically that things seem to be open you know, he, you know, like either he's finding more room to operate or he's being more successful in that position than I he think, was last year. I, I mean, at least for me, I think it's less of a false nine that he, that's letting him drop in and more than playing from a four, one, four, one, five, one, or four, five, one or something like that, where he's, he's dropping in from the wing. Like today he was dropping in from the left wing in the last match. He was dropping in from the right wing. Um, and same with, was it Orlando that he hit that ridiculous ball to Chicho mm-hmm. for the goal to Brian? Um, same thing. He's dropping him from the right wing. So I think, I think it has more to do with where the wingers are, are playing as opposed to the false nine thing. Okay. So then, yes. Cause again, like, was he, was he just more of, more of a central striker that last year yeah, in, in under Bob then? Last year, like in when he was playing through the middle, where he was just kind of floating through there. I guess, man. I mean, it's it's tough to it's tough to remember at this point. But what I remember a lot is looking at that formation when Bob was playing the four three three with the false nine, and it would just look like a four four two diamond to me all the time. Mm -hmm. So to me, it wasn't much of a false nine. It was more just he was playing as a ten. And so, I mean, you had Sifu playing there half the time. Yeah. Um, 
So I mean, it's, play, he played it's through six the middle of one, a half hand. a dozen of the other, right? So yeah, because he played through the middle a handful of times. But I, again, like I just didn't, you know, like the things that you would expect from the quote unquote false time position, right? With with a you know like with the with the way that you're supposed to pull fullback, I mean pull center backs out, right? I just didn't see that you know that movement being effective last year comparatively to what we're seeing this year. This year it seems like yeah. he said he's just able to garner more attention, more, you know, more, um, you know, like the, there's just, it feels like there's more happening. He's causing more problems for the mid, you know, for that defense than I think I've ever seen. Right. Even yeah. when he was playing on the right, like it felt like sometimes when he was isolated to the right, you weren't, you wouldn't even get the same stuff he's getting. You're seeing now. Well, I mean, that's and this is something you and I talked about last year. And this is when he was on the right wing, for example, in 2019, they did a good job of building through the left, and they would create. It's it's a very basic possession, like possession philosophy. You create the free man, and then you find him. Yeah, so you build on the left. Carlos is now the free man. You find his feet. He's at best, or you know, at worst, one on one. Um, and last year you and I spent how long talking about all this team does is try and win the ball in the midfield and fire a ball directly in behind. And like that, that's a Poku's game. It's not, mm-hmm. that's not, that's not Pele's game, right? He, he wants, to, he needs to be on the ball, create some space and take a shot. Um, so I, I think that probably has as much to do with it as anything else. Yeah. So, but. I mean, Again, that, this is probably a conversation we'll, I'm sure we'll revisit as yeah. the season goes on. We might barely um, talked about this match. I know. We're like but, 12 minutes in. <laughs> I know. No, but I mean, obviously, like, though, you know, because these are the kind of things that obviously we we want to see what happened tonight translate moving forward, right? Yeah. And obviously, yeah. that's one, this is one of the things that, you know, we haven't seen quite yet in terms of the midfield being able to just connect with the forward line, the way that you did on that goal, right? Like I said, mm-hmm. that is, mm-hmm. that is, if you, as a coach, if you were to draw it up, that is the expectation of how it, they should combine in buildup, right? Yeah. Yeah. Quick passing sequences in and out around defenders. And then again, so, I mean, you see it on display here, right? Again, I can't remember if it's Hollings who plays that ball. And I'm sorry, I apologize to whatever player that is. Uh, somebody on Twitter, let us know who it was that played the assist to, to Jennings. But that's it, right? You spend all you spend time between Palacios Acosta and and Vela in the middle, and all of a sudden you have this free runner just bombing down the right side, and so it's a great ball from Acosta the way he bends it uh, around Latif and into the path of the runner. Um, I don't want to take anything away, but that's a very open pass as well because of how how much they've done to just essentially rondo that team in that little game center, right? just in front of the half. Yeah, uh, it's Escobar so, with the Escobar. Okay, had the, so Escobar's uh, coming forward. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you, you really just see Vela, Vela and Acosta playing pinball with each other. But again, this is like keepy up type of stuff between the two of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, and th- so like the other concept there is is a third man run, right? And mm-hmm. we talked about this as well on the show before where um, you have Vela play a ball to Acosta. And so first and second man right there and and Escobar is this third man running free right again these concepts are kind of interchangeable sometimes sometimes the way you create a, a free man is through a third man run mm-hmm. and then Jennings becomes the fourth man um, yeah. so but you see anyway. like when when Acosta makes the move laterally to play the ball to Escobar the center back moves with him and then now Jennings is free yeah. free on the run yeah. across the face mm-hmm. and he just has to Again, he, the expectation is that Escobar, the second that Kellen doesn't play the ball to Jennings, what I appreciate about what Jennings does is right is still make the run because it's easy yeah. at that point when that ball moves out to probably shut you know slow down there. But the funny thing is when you go back and look at it, both Jennings and Vela are make are moving towards goal. Yeah, yeah. right. Like Vela, Vela is charging hard. Like again, and this is something that we haven't seen from. Him in a while, right? In terms, Vela was just, chasing down goal, chasing down like he was pressing balls at the corner flag in the like 85th minute when they were already up five one, and so like that kind of determination from him is that's that should 
be putting people on notice. Like, Hey, yeah, he's coming. He's, 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 this isn't just him taking a vacation. So, but what you were saying about guys making runs, there's another, another play. And this is kind of like the champagne football, uh, play of the night where Chicho picks up a ball. Actually, no, Sifu picks up a ball kind of on the right wing. This is the second Chicho goal. Um, he picks up a ball, plays it into Chicho, but what opens up that ball for him is a poke who comes running across the right, like from central to the right yeah, wing. They they almost run parallel diagonal. They make parallel diagonal runs. Well, so I I think across Chicho on this face, one right? comes back, but uh, it's like quite so. Opoku runs, you know, makes this diagonal kind of like a like a cor- if in in American football it'd be like a corner route, right? Yeah. He's running straight for the flag, and he draws a defender out, and that opens up the passing lane for uh, for Chicho, and then Danny Musovski is the one that I think you're talking about that makes that parallel run off well, of th- Chicho. So this is not this is not the back heel, right? This is the this the is one the after that. Heel. This is the back heel. Yeah, so I'm looking at it right now. So you you actually see when when Musovsky makes that diagonal run towards the right, mm-hmm. um, you see Chicho and 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 Apoku are running parallel to each other. Apoku okay. slightly slightly further back, but what it does is it ends up freezing both center backs because the center so backs are it, in between so the two I'm, of them. So I'm talking about the the first run from Apoku too. Like yeah, yeah okay. That yeah, he yeah, makes yeah. off of Sifu. But yeah, mm-hmm. you are so like there are parallel runs. So but like it's the same point, right? That even though there's stuff going on, there there are runs being made all over the place to pull defenders out of out of their shape. Um, well, and 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 this is remember how, how many times we have this discussion last year, right, where it was about vertical like lateral and vertical stress and how we put yeah, absolutely none yeah. of it on the opponent, right? It was just mm-hmm. we were looking at a I think at times it was like where they're only stressing them vertically. There is no left to right movement. Yeah. This you have every bit of it, right? It's right. It's that right. It, you know if your Poku's flag route, right? To it's like a, it's a it's a post corner yeah. that ends up coming back inside on to the post, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that again, and then that just drags. Like I said, he drags it first wide to open up Musovsky, and then on the second. After Musaki, they play Musovsky. His initially his initial run or his second run back in keeps a second defender off of Arango from being able to play to commit right. two right. to him. So mm-hmm. now he's by he's he's one on one and Arango's gonna finish off gonna finish that one off, no problem. Yeah. But it, it yeah. bodes well and you know, again, obviously again, you're take it with a grain of salt given given we are playing a USL team, the expectation was that we were gonna beat them. Right, like, this is what it should look like. Yes. It should look like a five goal route. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, you would hope to see this against the bottom feeder MLS teams as well. You would assume that LAFC has enough quality to maybe not quite as dominant, but if you come up against, I don't know, wooden wooden spoon contender number one, whoever that yeah. is right now. Well, I mean, think about it, right? So you have the what the four or five MLS teams got bounced already by. USL teams. Yeah. But yeah. Orange County is the, I think, was the champion, right, last year? I think I believe they were like the top of Did USL. They win it all or or they won the West or something. I don't I don't know USL all that much, but yeah. Um I mean they they are but they are by far one of the better they have been one of the better um yeah, they're the playoff champions. Yeah, they won it. Yeah. Yeah, they won it. Right? So they were the best team in USL. So mm-hmm. again, you know, if you're going to play against the USL team, this was the one that you wanted to see. You know, this is this was the yeah. best matchup, yeah. right? And then they handled them with ease. Yeah. Right. So again, you have to appreciate the 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 workman like attitude that they came into this one with, right? Not not taking them lightly, but also, right? Again, I think you just see Tronolo give them the the type of freedom to express themselves in in a in a yeah. positive way. Yeah. You know, it's like here's a framework now now do your thing kind yeah. of thing. And then we're going to be really defensively stopped behind whatever you do. But again, that, that, that let's keep staying on theme with our podcast, right? Like this is, this is the Jurgen Klopp German way of playing football, extremely <laughs> defensively, you know, but, or, or yeah. even go to Bayern Munich, go to any of the German teams. Like it's, it's defensively stout, mm-hmm. right? With a front three or four that just allowed to create on top of that platform. Yeah. Yeah. 
right? Like your your midfield, you don't Thomas have a ton. Tuchel too. Like it's it's yeah. It, yeah Thomas Tuchel has a, a very creators. different philosophy than than Klopp, but it's still that same foundation, like you're saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it it's very you know again it's Pep Pep is the the embodiment of of the Spanish total football, football. Yeah. right? Where yeah. everyone is involved. You have the fullbacks. You have the 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 center backs getting involved at times. Whoever everyone can can play a role, right? Now, there's elements that you see in Liverpool and, and how they want to build up and those types of things. But I think the biggest thing is like, okay, we're going to be stout. We're going, we're, you know, our goal is not to be able, you know, not to be scored on, not to give up goals here and then just let your attackers do their thing. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. You know, that's why you have Jordan Henderson and Fabinho back there, right? They're not, mm-hmm. those are not creative guys. But what it does is allow Thiago to get forward and be a magician. You yeah. will watch this team now, right? The, this LAFC team, you have an s- extremely stout defense, right? That has your fullbacks, you know, again, they're, while they're, you know, Cheeky's the one that's allowed to get forward. Hogging's head is the one that tends to be in a little bit. And then you have, you know, a, a really defensively stout midfield, right? With with Acosta and actually whatever three you want to play, right? And if it's the Ilya Acosta blessing one, that defense is extremely hard to play through. Yeah. Like, yeah. This last match, they, they, the, no one's getting through that midfield. Now, I think Sifu, again, I think we've talked about Sifu having the potential to be, you know, an upgraded version of what Latif does, but Latif just mm-hmm. does it so much more consistently. I think yeah, that's he, that's the that's thing. that's it. That's it. Is Sifu Sifu does not have the consistency there? Uh, yeah, I mean, you see his creative ability tonight with the with the pass on the first Musovski goal, right? It's just like. Cheeky steps up, intercepts a ball, one time pass to Sifu, and it, that ball is immediately played forward. Perfect weight on the ball, perfect angle on the ball, right into the path of, of Moose for an easy finish. Um, you don't see that from Blessing. When Blessing's in front of goal tonight, he's just like, uh, it's, it's kind of a mess, but it's okay. Like, that's not his game. We love yeah. him for, for his game. But that's just not it. Because what's going to happen, right, is that if you have a Costa getting forward, Right, or you have you have Iliad distributing to the back, right? It's like any any sort of counterattack that you can launch if the ball's lost, he's already destroyed it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. that like again, like that counter that counterattack, like it's our counterattacking defense, right? In the or the counter press mm-hmm. for that yeah. matter, right, is is embodied in Latif, right? And he's the one that really, you know, again it, I just wish he would cycle, recycle the ball a little bit sooner and a little bit quicker. It, basically, if he if he cycled the ball faster instead of dwelling on it as a little bit too long, like he tends to do, right? Like I probably don't have a single complaint about his game. Yeah, yeah, right. Because again, if you, especially if that's what you're asking him to do, is just destroy play, right? Mm-hmm. Like again, he's not you know like it's in Golo Conte. Like what is Conte is not there to thread to thread the needle, right? That's what Jorginho is supposed to be there for. Mm. Uh, you know, but you just want a guy that's going to destroy everything in front of him because you Matt, you know, now if you're trying to play through that, good luck. Yeah. It protects the back line, protects Ilya. Yeah. Um, so a couple other things I, th- I think we should talk about. Uh, Janela goes a full 90. We don't see that ever really. Uh, we only ever see him as a sub at this point. And so it was good to see him. I think, he kind of had a tough draw against the OCFC. Our OCSC came out and they were, I think it was a 4-4-2, but the way they set up to kind of like their mid block is that they would have a, it was more of a 4-2-4. And those front four were basically there to just screen off passes to the midfield and especially to bracket Janela in between the two strikers. Uh, so I think he had a hard time getting on the ball initially. Once he grew into the game a bit, I, it was like I thought he was fine. Um, I, I don't know what they're going to do with him, man, because it's he he doesn't justify all the money he's being paid, but at the same time, he's not necessarily hurting you by no and, and the budget the, on the and, bench. Yeah, and because he's under the U twenty two initiative, the budget hit is only I think one hundred sixty k. Yeah, I mean the tough thing though is like, what could you get if if he's not a U22 player anymore, right? You can sign if you could sign him to that 160k deal and then go out and tag somebody else with that, then I think your team gets even better, but you know, it's it's yeah. never going to be totally perfect. And that's the thing. And so the, you know, there, there's going to be some you miss on. I I think 
he does a lot of he does some nice things in terms of possession and his ability to do that again. Yeah. They they were definitely looking to shut down shut that down, right? Like they weren't going to let LAFC build through the middle. I mean yeah. fortunately yeah. fortunately we have wingers and, and fullbacks who are good enough on the ball that can come can play up and then now, you know, take things. But again, they the in terms of having a build up through the single pivot, like the way Atuesta yeah, that was not gonna happen today. Yeah, and, and and again, it's just a tactical thing that Orange County does to LAFC to prevent that. So I don't feel like it falls on any one person. I do think that had the center backs been better on the ball and been able to like see passes in between the lines, and if you didn't have both Latif and Sifu, who we constantly say, hey, these guys don't get open enough between the lines for passes – if you would have seen some, a little bit more from those four players, then it ends up looking better at the beginning. Instead, what you see a lot of is center backs on the ball. And I have to say, Ibeaga is not comfortable on the ball at all. <laughs> at all. Like it's, it's, I felt bad for him half the time because it's like taking three or four touches just to set up a pass. Yeah. But they would I mean, swing like, the ball. Go ahead. No, I was like, it's like what, what they, you know, like they're, they're there, given the teams that they played for, right? I w- I'm not going to expect them to be, you know, as competent as we would with some of our yeah, guys. Yeah, there's a reason that you were able to pick up Ibeaga in the middle of the season last year w- during an injury crisis. Yeah, like you're not gonna, yeah. you're not going to get uh, Antonio Rudiger <laughs> during the, during the middle of an MLS season, right? Yeah. Um, but they would just swing the ball to the fullbacks and you'd see wingers just bombing back, trying to help provide some width. And again, the midfield is not moving because it's Sifu and Latif who just don't move laterally that well when we're just in possession. Uh, and then it's, you know, the wingers and Musovski and Opoku, those aren't going to, those guys aren't going to really hold up possession play. That's again, that's not their game. So to me, that's why they struggled. I thought it was a good game plan from orange County to, to put those four up top and it essentially force LAFC wide and then end up coughing up the ball on the wings. But anyway, there's yeah. there's not a whole lot of use dwelling on that. No, and, and the thing is, that's like, you know, the you see it change immediately the second Acosta comes into the game, right? There's so much more movement. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and again, I think, like I said, he's just, you know, he, he's been that midfielder that they, we've, they've been lacking to a certain degree. And then again, if you can pair it, and we'll see where they decide to go with the deep with the second with the third DP. But if you can mm-hmm. pair Acosta with another top level midfielder, I don't know where the hole is on this team. I don't think there is one, especially now that Cheeky looks like he's a changed man. Yeah, <laughs> two two straight game. I think he he had a crossing assist in, in the last match against SKC too, right? Yeah, like I mean, the the I think it was like the first fifteen minutes he looked a little shaky yeah. of the SKC game, but since then it's been great. Like I said, like yeah. his crossing looked much better in the second half, right? I guess I guess he 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 had the assist on the first Chicho goal. I I think mm-hmm. earlier I said that Chicho's first goal was the back heel. Yeah, but I mean that's a great move from Chicho, a great ball from from Diego too on that goal. But yeah, that he looked much better tonight, and again lower level of competition. He looked good against SKC. SKC is poor <laughs> right yeah. now. No, but but, I, so I, we'll see what happens. Yeah, but I I think the thing about about him, right, is it's like we were waiting for him to take that next jump. Yeah. Right? Like there's there's definitely some talent there. We we know he's, you know, especially as a defender, right? He's a guy that's gonna get stuck in. He's gonna do all, he's gonna do those things. Um it was just a matter of can can he put together you know, the positioning, the service, those types of things, especially in buildup, when you have the ball, you know, 60, 70% of the time, are you yeah. are you going to make yourself available? Which he was not, he didn't look good in the Galaxy game, right? Like no, floating, no. floated a little bit too high, just wasn't available as much as he needed to be for it to be a clean buildup. And then, you know, compare that to the last two games and he's been exactly where you needed to be, right? Yeah. Um, again, occasionally he and a poke will get a little bit too close, but I, again, I think these are these are a few tactical things that will improve as those guys continue to play together more, right? I mean, I, mean, I yeah. think you saw when it's Chicho and when it was um, Birod and 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 Cheeky down that side, 
there's a little bit more understanding of the spacing and those types of things comparatively to when Opoku's in. So yeah, yeah. yeah, these are, again, I think these are minor things that get figured out. Um, but again, it seems to be coming together. So at that point, like I said, where, where is the, where is the hole? Right. Cause that's no, because I mean, now you're talking about Escobar going back to right back if he's healthy and Hollings had taken that spot for himself anyway. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, when Segura's back too, then, you know, you have three center backs that you're comfortable with and, your front three is really a front four, and you just have to pick, you know, is it a Poku, B-Rod, or, or Chicho that's sitting today? Mm-hmm. So it's, and it's again, a strong, and, and, strong And team. even with the midfield, right, you go, you start with Ilie and Acosta and then pick your poison of Sifu and Blessing, and you're like, okay. Yeah. Like, you're fairly settled. Again, could you add some depth there? Sure. Could you add, you know, could you add an icing on the cake there? Absolutely. Yeah, right? I mean, but I think- to me, that's where the DP goes. It has to has to because I don't again I don't know where else you put I mean I guess I guess if you want to move Opoku back to the bench and you sign another winger but really like for what but again with with if if Vela's now here for the long term and Chicho's through the middle and B-Rod's back you're back to what we were the problem that we were having when Rossi was here right in terms of like you're just trying to fit too many guys onto the field and it becomes redundant their their skill sets don't necessarily match up altogether. Versus again, we we've seen the I think now that combination. You know, Birad and Chicho can play together, but right? they've proven yeah. the two of them have proven that. And now fitting Vela, like Vela's now kind of trying to is now slowly figuring out. Again, I think Vela as as the fa- that that false nine really opens up what those two can do even more so, mm, right? Because yeah. instead of Chicho trying to, or instead of it being Sifu distributing, it's Vela, which yeah. good, right? Like that's, yep. that just does so much more for you. And especially the wider positioning that those guys have, it just opens up so much more opportunity. So again, I think it, that's, that's coming together. I think it's just, again, it's your adding a DP just makes that team unfair. Right. Right. Right, because again, you, you're also still talking about having Izzy off the bench, right? Like that's that's nuts. Yeah, yeah, yep. Uh, the other thing that I will say is uh, John McCarthy may I didn't see a whole lot. Maybe maybe officiating in the UFC is is your thing, John McCarthy. I don't I don't know. We'll see. I mean, he's he's a great interview. It's fun to listen to. I listened to him with Max and Vince. That guy's he is fun. I mean, he's got the mouth of a sailor, but at the same time, like you said, he's that, he's also that type of guy that's going to kind of like, he's a locker room guy. Yeah, right? Like I, yeah. I, I can imagine that in, after the galaxy game, he's the guy that's probably whooping people around, telling them to, you know, to get it together. Cause he just seems like that kind of personality and a guy that seemingly people respect as well. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anything else before we get into questions? No, let's do it. All right, at Danny Ness, things are going well, are going so well, but let's not lose sight of the open DP slot. Yeah, things have looked great. Aside from the Galaxy game that you lose, like things have gone really well so far. And like we just finished up talking about, like there's still <laughs> there's still a lot of potential for this team. And hopefully, hopefully they go sign somebody at a position that can come in and impact this team and take it to the next level. And again, Kind of like we said, kind of like you said, it's you're going to move somebody, you're going to move a fan favorite basically to the bench by bringing in a DP at this point. So, I mean, by by August, you could see Mario on the bench, Palacios on the bench, Blessing on the bench, and I don't know, Brian Rodriguez or Poku or Chicho on the bench. Like that's that's bonkers, actually. Especially for Major League Soccer, right? Where you're like, it's anytime you see them up against, you know, like Liga Mekis, comp, you know, competition, at least in yeah. the past, right? You're like, okay, where, where, where is that weak link that's probably not going to be able to hold up over the course of 90 minutes? Right. Right. If for us, right. it was against Tigres, it was Mark Anthony K, right? Yep. Yep. Um, you know, and yet, and, and so, but I just don't see that because if you have that guy, you have, other other you know again the rest of you know the back end of your top your starting 11 actually like through probably your first 14 roster spots 
are better than the majority of half the starting lineups in the league. Yeah. Right. Like. Yeah. You know, so you're after your you you're, would have several guys on the bench that would start on eighty five percent of yeah. the teams. So, because who are your who are three guys that are, are likely to come off the bench at some point? Right, it would be Opoku. probably Opoku, blessing, and that's still Sifu behind and, him, and Tajuri Shradi, and Tajuri Shradi, and also Palacios, right? And right. so, blessing starts in just about any midfield other than. Seattle. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what midfield? What other midfield is as good as Seattle's, where Blessing is not going to see the starting eleven? I, yeah. Um, Opoku, depending on what the team's doing, may you know may still come off the bench somewhere. And Palacios. I mean, we know how scarce left backs are in this league, so he's going to be starting anywhere really. Um, That's so a yeah. Thing. It's it's a lot of talent on the bench. Good place to be in for sure. Yeah. Well, but and that's also like so look at European teams, yeah. And US fans right now are all up in arms about about Pulisic not playing at Chelsea, but like Chelsea's been playing in three different competitions at once, right? FA Cup, the the Premier League and Champions League. So they they have to keep shuffling guys in and out to make sure that they're fresh for these different competitions. And that's how going into next year you're able to play in the open cup. And hopefully CCL and MLS all at once, um, because you have to you have to have quality depth. So anyway, all right. Next one from the shoe at Paul T. Greco Vela's back until 2023, according to MLS sources. How does this affect long term roster build and the summer window? We kind of talked about this a little bit, Josh. But um, anything else that you feel that we need to hit on, like the specifics of this contract and how it would change your thinking on? rosters i mean i think it it almost cements that it almost changes that the I mean, was it earlier this year that or before the season started that thornton said that their dp was likely to be an attacker i think the yeah. calculus for what that position is changes because vela resigned right because i yeah. think if i think we had talked about this when you were we were hearing about um Gavis, what's his name the guy from um from cruz azul that went Calicita. to yeah. So when you when you're talking about him, right, that's that's likely because you're expecting Vela not to be there. Yeah. In my opinion. And I think well, yeah, and like, you're probably you're or you're saying, Hey, we're gonna sign him and tell Vela, hey, you can walk, dude. Yeah. Hey, we're good. Um, you know, because again, especially for what you were gonna have to pay him and those types of things, like I said, I yeah. don't I don't think that's a move that they make with the expectation that Vela's gonna be back. But obviously with Vela being back I think now the move immediately goes to, you know, again, and the last midfielder we signed was Andre, Andre Orta on a DP. So I'm sure there's some trepidation there, but at the same time, I think that that's probably, again, if you were to look at the totality of the team and where, you know, again, first of all, I don't think you're ever going to see LAFC spend money, spend DP money on, on a defender. Yeah. That's just across the league. That's just not done. Right, and so you have the the only other you know again, and with the front, with the attackers looking as competent as they as they are, again, I don't think there's any any need at this point to strengthen there because again, if you're telling me that your fifth guy, your fifth attacker is to Jerry Shradi, okay, yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, and so that that is just an and he might I mean he, I don't know how they look at it, but he might even be sixth. It depends on where you place Moose, right? I would yeah. put Moose as the sixth attacker, which is like that's what you want. You want a guy like Tajiri Shradi and and Moose to be the guy that you like in case of emergency break glass. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah, to me, to me, a DP attacker, unless you have plans to move Brian right away, doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. And um, if you do, and if you do, I mean, if that's the case, you just wait until Brian's gone and then add one there, right? And right. At least, especially right. after what we saw with, I think, what the the plans getting screwed up for with Rossi and, and Rodriguez being there together. Like I said, I think yeah. Yeah. the hope was that Rossi would have already been gone by the time you bring him, by the right. time you bring in right. Rodriguez. So, yeah. yeah, I think, again, at that point, right to that point, now you're, you're one spot that you can strengthen easily, you know, you're, you're, you can see could use not necessarily some strengthening, but just 
more talent and competition added into the mix is the midfield, right? We're actually a midfield yeah. down probably from what mm-hmm. we... Well, what and we, the other thing too there is if you're really trying to get out of Brian Rodriguez's contract, you got to play him. He's got to play in some competition. And like this may be overthinking it to the max here, but if you bring in another DP winger or striker, whatever it is, another DP attacker, Rodriguez is invariably going to get fewer minutes. And it's going to be that much harder to sell him on for any sort of profit or just breaking even because he's not going to get any minutes. Yeah, so, and especially at a time where he's his stock was rising or has been rising yeah, over the last yeah. six months. Right. Mm-hmm. I think I think he um he's definitely looked much better. You know, like he he's he's looking close to what to what we've expected of him. Yeah. You know, yeah. towards the back end of last season and heading into the season before he got hurt. Yeah. So again, the official counter press line is sign a DP midfielder. Um continue to develop and then move Rodriguez when you can. And then that's when you go get your second DB attacker. Who's the, who, and that hopefully at that point, it's the bridge between Vela and whoever comes in next. Right. Mm-hmm. So, all right, Tom Camilleri at Bronco fan 07. Vela looked like he was actually enjoying himself out there. Maybe since, or if this contract deal is resolved, we'll see him loosen up now, which is a, frighteningly great thought. That's kind of what I said, right? It's a scary proposition for the rest of the league if Bela is is happy and motivated and feels like he's secure. Uh, yeah, he, he could be really dangerous. At Al Hopkins, at Culver City Al, this is about Dola bringing his European experience, strong lineup, and starters get minutes instead of focusing on training minutes. Josh? I mean, I think I tweeted something to this respect in the second half of the game where you see Vela. You know, it's like, why is Vela coming into a game that's already out of hand, right? Like, you're you're yeah. you're easily, you know, like, at this point, it doesn't look like they're mounting anything. It's because Vela's not trying to train tomorrow, right? He's going to play 30 <laughs> minutes, you know, train, train, probably do half a training session, and then they're done. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, because, again, that most, and if you, when you talk to, and I've heard this from a couple different people and this and especially when i've talked to um people in the field of you know like physical therapists that i know that work for some pro teams and athletic trainers that work for pro teams that is generally generally the consensus when it comes to midweek games is that guys with 100 percent rather play a midweek game than have to go to training yeah yeah right, right. so again if if you're going to play today right coming into tomorrow Right, you know, and and also knowing that you have another training session on Friday. What, let's see, what when's the the next match is on Saturday, Saturday, Sunday? I think it's a Saturday match this time. Yeah. So, regardless, right, you're gonna have you still you're gonna have two more training sessions Thursday and Friday before Sunday. Sunday against yeah. Cincy, and likely Saturday is a, a is an off day, right? So you have two training two training sessions between the next one. And playing playing in this game probably gets you, you know, at least somewhat of that some of that training session taken off where you're yeah, not. It gets, having you, it to gets go. you the non-contact jersey, right? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And so you know, again, and yeah. when you talk to professionals around in different leagues and some of the things, the things I've heard, right? It's like, yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna play. I'm gonna go in. I'm gonna play, even if it is a game that doesn't really matter, because I'd rather do that than have to train. Because again, yeah. especially as it's a long season, right? So again, let's get the thirty minutes of burn in. That's why you see him pushing hard. He's not walking around. And yeah. tomorrow yeah. he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna go." He's gonna go straight to the rehab room, hang out there all day, come outside, kick the ball around, call it a day. Yeah. And then yeah. you prepare on you prepare Friday for for your match on Sunday. All right. Next one from Carl Pilo. Uh, I think. Carl has tweeted into the show, and I think I've asked about his pronunciation on that last name. So again, if if I've forgotten, I'm sorry. So great to have Escobar back. Hopefully he stays healthy since he brings so much to the team. Also glad to see a comfortable win after a couple shockers from MLS team and other games. Yeah, the Open Cup, I mean, you can get surprised. And I mean, in my cynical point of view, it's how... Don Garber decides which team he's going to co-opt next, a la FC Cincinnati, who had a couple good Open Cup runs and then charged their owners the extortion fee (laughs) to join the league. 
Uh, so watch out if you're if you're a fan of one of those teams. Yeah, I mean, I think as time goes on, right, you're going to see a little bit less of these shockers, right? And I mean, even in the FA Cup, and I think winning, you can right? see more. You see it here and you. there, um, but we'll see, right? Obviously, like you know, like it was I think what four or five years ago, Rich, I think it was Richmond made like yeah. a super deep mm-hmm. run, and they, you know, it's a bunch of like amateurs that ended up going into the final, I think, or some of that ended up losing. Yeah. Um, so, you know, again, sometimes you have those Cinderella runs, um, you know, it's what makes it fun, right? Like whether it's the NCAA tournament, the U S open cup, you know, there, these, these, these knockout formats have a, have a tendency to make things interesting. Now I will say the one thing I do want to see moving forward is that in this round where major league soccer team MLS enters into it, that none of them play home games. Yes. First of all, if 100%. you're the Galaxy, no one's going to that game anyways, right? Yeah. So no one showed up. Like, there's more San Diego supporters that drove up than mm-hmm. Galaxy fans that showed up at that game. Um, obviously, always like the – I'm sure LSU prefer to play the bank every game because of what you get from the 30 to 52. But I think for the sake of domestic soccer and building that up, right, like you see it all the time in preseason, you know, in Europe and some of these places, like go on the road, give the fans a show. Let, let people see, you know, get a taste. Cause then you, know, you yeah. just, you, if your goal is to share it and to spread it and get more people interested, that, that is the best way to do it. Right? Like, Oh, yep. Carlos Vela is going to show up to a random, you know, now again, I think some of the field conditions, yeah, maybe a little bit less to desired. Like, I don't know if you want Vela playing on some random high school turf field, right. That I don't, we don't know yeah. the level yeah. at which it's kept, but you know that those are some of the things that you can work out, right? And maybe those are the exceptions to the rule. But I think at if at if at all possible, you should be trying to play the majority of those games on the road rather than in MLS stadiums. Yeah, and it, I mean the the great thing about the Open Cup is that it's just that it's an open system, right? And a lot of times people roll their eyes anytime anybody brings up pro rel because people just see it as a punishment for teams that do poorly. Uh, when in reality, pro rel is about an open bottom to the period, to the pyramid, right? Like you have to, you have to have a way for teams to showcase themselves against top dogs and to get exposure. And it's the only way clubs can truly grow. Um, and I think things like the Open Cup can help Phoenix Rising or FC Cincinnati before or Detroit uh, or Orange County to actually attract more talent right if they if they say hey we're playing in usl this league is actually getting better and then they can go out and attract more stars and they don't have these arcane rules about (laughs) about shared ownership and and how to keep things equal then they can grow their own league that can eventually compete even more with mls so and i i think that's a good thing i i really do so anyway that's a long tirade there uh, next one is from Lionel Hutz at from cheap seat with fallout this weekend. Who would you play at center back in his place? So Mamadou fall picked up his fifth yellow against SKC and is out. Josh, for me, the answer is Daniel Henry because, uh, Sebastian Ibeaga scares me to death with his feet. Yeah. I think the only worry with Henry is I think he came out after 45 today, right? I believe, um, seems to yeah. be, Again, we'll see his fitness. Levels, Hopefully, that's right? just precautionary, and that's that and could because be why, he's right. Yeah, maybe it's because, because he's the one that's that's pegged for it. Yeah. 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 So you know, we'll we'll ultimately see what, but that that's probably a good call. Like I said, I, I love his physicality. Yeah. I love what he brings to the table. He's played in high stakes matches with the Canadian national team at this point, and so you trust him in a tough spot. Yeah. Um, you know, to to do something and again. Maybe maybe he's not as good with his feet. You know, you know, I don't know what center back is in Major League Soccer and even around the world, right? Like, yeah, yeah. You know, fall, fall with the ball at his feet is better than Harry Maguire. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's not that saying much, but you know, Harry Maguire plays better with when kicking his own teammates in the head. Apparently, poor Paul Pogba, man. Yeah, I, I hope that guy gets whatever move Pogba wants. I hope he gets it. I feel um, so bad. LAFC DP midfielder. <laughs> yeah, he is on a free. I don't yeah. think we can quite afford that kind of that kind of contract, though. I mean, likely he goes to Madrid, and that's a open up the open up the 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 bank. Yeah, Larry Bird, I mean, he make it rain for Paul Pogba. <laughs> so we'll see. I mean, but yeah, obviously, I think that 
that that's probably where you go. I mean, you, anytime that we go, we we're playing in some of these Eastern Conference teams, right? Obviously, you don't want to take them lightly, but it's definitely not the same as your Seattle's or. Yeah, know. yeah. I mean, since he has been playing, has been playing well, but I, that is so. The one thing that I will say is him, so Henry and Mario scare me to death. The idea of like not as bad as Ibeaga, but they they do scare me combined together trying to play out from the back. But they are going to be a nightmare to play against in terms of physicality um, because they're just, they're both built like tanks. And mm-hmm. anybody coming over the top for a ball is going to get, they're going to get crushed. Yeah. And again, like when you look at what, you know, what Cincinnati, they, the, they started off pretty well, right? But then they've since, they drew Atlanta United and then they lost to Montreal and lost mm. to Charlotte. So their, their last three results have not gone well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So again, like, are they wooden spoon candidates? No, they're better. They are, they are better. Right. Yeah. But I'm, I'm also not afraid of Vasquez and Baji. Right. Yeah. Right. Now that I think about it more, like I really hope that, uh, Escobar is ready to go so that we can use Hollingshead on the left and Escobar on the right and really have somebody there to, to help build out a little more. Mm-hmm. And with Ileana Costa, and then you have, you know, probably blessing. I imagine gets a start. Like, I think there'll be enough movement in the midfield to get guys open and, and make up for that deficit. So, mm-hmm. all right, man, anything else before we get out of here? No, I mean, oh, maybe, maybe you see Ilya drop in a little bit more than usual. Right. In yeah. Yeah. That's, that's probably fair. the one thing to help with build out. Right. It's like yep. from the six, just, just kind of sitting a little bit deeper. And then that way you have the fullbacks with the ability to get forward a little bit more there. So that would be yeah, and you might see the wingers come back further as well, just to be like, hey, we're going to build a little more patiently. We're not going to try and hit massive balls through the lines. Uh, we're going to build a little bit more patiently, and then we'll then we'll get into the attack. So, yeah. all right. Well, you can follow the show at counterpress underscore Josh. You LAZ Josh on Twitter. You can follow me at Kirk Kinsey, and we will talk to you all on Sunday after the FC Cincinnati game. Good night. <laughs>